I want to talk to you all this evening about the exponential of your potential. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Two things that uh, me and Deborah Ann talked about this afternoon, I want to share them with you. Instead of being so spiritual, and we should be, sometimes you just need to sit down with somebody that you trust, someone that you believe in, and just talk. I have found that when you sit down with someone and you open a door, open a door, say it with me, open a door. When you open a door, we're not, we're not talking about, I'm trying to talk you into a, you know, the green paint versus the blue paint on the patio. We're talking about you just sit down and you have no agenda and you start opening a door and how the revelation will flow. We live by revelation. Do y'all know that? We live by revelation. We don't live well by facts. We don't live well by tradition. We don't live well by uh, uh, archaic understanding. We live by revelation. And it's new every morning. It's new every... You, revelation is what you live by. So when you listen to somebody share, listen to this. This isn't my message tonight, but I'm about out of time. Uh, when you listen to someone share, suddenly you'll hear things like in a service. You'll hear things that you never thought of. Revelation will flow. Why? Because you're being polite. You're listening to them. You're giving them your eyes. You're giving them the, your, your, your attention. And so you've opened the door. And when you open the door for that, thinking I'm just going to listen to what she says about the fruit salad she made yesterday or whatever, suddenly you'll know things that you didn't know. I get more stuff in my life sitting down with people where we just open the door. It's like, well, what do you know about that? No, that, I don't ask that. Uh, it, it's, it's not problem solving. We're not talking about, okay, here, how are we going to do this? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about no agenda. You just sit down and say, isn't it great today? Isn't Jesus wonderful? Isn't our church family great? Isn't, isn't what God doing good? And suddenly you start feeling that door open and you're, you're going to be amazed. I, you, if you've already done this, you know what I'm talking about. But do it. It's a waste of time in every realm except the revelation realm. We had not got time for this. We've got to go. And the second thing I was thinking about today is that Coach Saban, as an example, I, I have nothing for him personally. We, we are believing for his salvation if he doesn't have that. But you know by just reading the news that there's things that he couldn't do while he was head coach at Alabama. In the football realm, in the NCAA, in the SEC, there's things he couldn't do because he had an alignment. He had an allegiance. But as soon as he resigned, they all want him for his wisdom. And it's like, did you just get smart tomorrow? Let me just tell you, when this church hits 300, they're going to say, I'm smart. But I'm just as smart now as when this church hits 300. And you're just as smart. When you, when you get 10 grand coming into your life, Somebody's going to say, well, you sure were smart. 
And you won't be one, one iota smarter than the day before when you were checking your account to see if it was good, if it was floating. And uh, so the question you would ask there is that Coach Saban had all this, very secular example here, but he had this all along, but suddenly the, the walls came down and everybody would listen to what he already was and all what he already had. And I, my question is, is what does somebody know that you should hear? But there's a relationship or a or a, a wall there that says, well, I couldn't ask them. But you are desperate for what they know. I know things as pastor, but not not even that. I know things about people that they should know. When I traveled the nation between Texas and Starting River Church, we would go into churches and the Lord would start downloading to us things that that church could use that we, we could see. If you'll do this and if you'll have that and this thing, if you'll change this, we knew. But invariably the pastor, because it was a free meal for his family, and I don't mean to put them under the bus, but it seemed that way. They had cousins and in-laws and everything and they'd come because the preacher, because the church was paying for the preacher to go out. And I never could get to the pastor and say, thus saith the Lord. Now, I'm not puffing me. I'm just saying that's an example of what I've seen. And so, inquire. Ask somebody. The boldest thing you can ask somebody, listen to me, is to say, what do you know that I should know? Because everybody in this room knows something about everybody else in this room that the person in this room doesn't know. Doesn't mean you have a right to say it. Doesn't mean it's time to say it. Doesn't mean you've, you've, uh, you have the right to say it in that you have to You have, to have, you have to have a relationship before you can share things that are personal and, and, and even maybe somewhat critical. But I, I have friends that I go to and I say, what do you see? Because I don't see it and nobody in my church can tell me. And Debran just loves me mountains, so she's not going to tell me. But, but you, you're an old raggedy thing. What would you tell me about me? that I need to know. And sometimes they will. Sometimes they'll say, well, I've noticed this. Well, if you can change something like that, you're changed. So y'all get my two points? Kind of deep, but we want to go, we want to go into life and life to, to abundance. We want the Lord Jesus to have his way with us. We, we don't want to be slugs and say, well, don't, don't say nothing to me that'll hurt my feelings. There's nothing you can say to me that'll hurt my feelings because if it's truth, I welcome it. If it's a lie, I'll just let you have your little puff and say what you want to say and then we'll go off and, and we'll deal with it. Uh, so let's, let's start tonight. I've got a few minutes here. What is the purpose of being on the earth? What is from the Lord's perspective? Why did God put you and me on the earth? I mean, there's a hundred ways he could have done this. Y'all know that, that he did it his way. And once he did it his way, it is his way. But he didn't have to do it the way that it is. It wasn't like he took over somebody else's system. 
Wasn't like he moved in and said, ah, oh, this has got to go. I got to renovate this. So what, why do you have a life on the earth and, and you're born again? Why, why the new birth? And why being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Why, why do we press for life and life to the full, the overflow? Why, why do we, we want to live our life for God? What motivates you to live your life for God? Y'all ever think about that? This is the most basic of all questions of why am I here and why, does, why is God, how should I relate to him about my life? What's his motive? We, we need to know God's motive and what's behind what he's doing. Uh, he, I'll tell you the answer. He told Adam and Eve, what did he tell them? Be fruitful and multiply. Which tells you then that he wanted a family. The reason we're here, you may think it's more spiritual than this, but God wants a family. And so he made the family on the earth. And man's done just about everything that they can think of to wreck it and to redefine it and, and repurpose it. But the Lord Jesus said, I've come that you might have overflowing life. Well, in the context of why he's come, that would have to be overflowing life would have to be in relationship to the father. He's father and we're his family. So we're not in competition. Because he's got me here to be for him. Not for you, not for somebody else, but for him. And how I treat the family is how he likes me. I mean, he likes me just fine. But this was the plan that Adam submarined, was the family. And the devil was subtle, and he took it out in the family. The family went on, but the family was not, it was a lost race. There's just two races of men the new creation nation, and the lost nation. And so there's just two, two races. There's not any of these colors or, or whatever. That, that's all bogus. That's none of it's true. Get your DNA out, and you'll find out there, that you have more nose hairs in common with somebody else than you do. Then you're closer to, to people of other races than you are on, on that. So... Adam submarine the plan for God's family. And so what would God do? Well, he started out with the family. So he went to work fixing the family. He wanted it back. He didn't want to give it up. And so he said, son, Jesus, to save the family, we're going to have to get you in position. Y'all see how this works? And it took him lots of years and he'd work with a lot of men. And a lot of women to get the Messiah in so the Messiah could get the father's family in. Because the lost race was separated from the family. Now, we're, we are the family. We're the family of God. We're not all God's children. We're not. You're either born again or you're not. And if you're not, you're not God's children. Uh, but he sent Jesus to go get him. He said, I want my family back. And so he sent Jesus to go after him. And so he worked and maneuvered. He, he, he had to work through David and Bathsheba. That was a near train wreck. You know, that would have messed up a lot of stuff. He had to work through a lot of stuff. Uh, 
But in that light, and I got to move on here, in that light, the family, the lost family, what motivates them to be a part of God's family? One element is, is that the family of God is so blessed. We are so different. We are so blessed and so elevated. Life just flows out of us. We have our needs met. We're happy. We lay hands on other people and that aren't in the family and get them healed. And we have such a great life. They go, I want to be a part of God's family. You go, well, this healing stuff's just whether I want to or not. Know that the father wants the family so much that he sent Jesus and so much that he sent you. He sent you to fix the family because the family's not been restored. I mean, we're restored in the legal sense. Anybody can be born again. Jesus paid the price for everybody. But the family in the earth can't shake the curse. They have no power to shake the curse. They have no power to shake sin. They have no power to shake the devil. The devil wants them. He gets them. Do y'all know? Uh, uh, the flesh. They can't do anything about the flesh. They're helpless. They're just bait. They're a lamb tied to a tree. And, and we, we've, the Father wants them. He loves them as much as he loves us. You may think that God loves the church more than he loves the lost, but you'd be wrong because the price to get them was the same that it got us, and it's the same. So if we don't live above the curse, the flesh, the, the devil, and sin, if we don't live above that, if we live a normal, common, like-them life, they have no motivation to join our family. You go, well, they just need to miss hell. It, you might think that's true, but it's been around a long time. Hell has been around a long time. And the preacher's been preaching it hot for a long time. And they've been walking right by that church and that family and that preacher for a long time. So hell's not enough. What's enough? Well, to be in the family. Everybody wants to be in the family. God put it in us to be in the family. He said, I, I, I'm, fam I'm a family God and I want you to be in my family. And so he put it in everybody and Jesus imparted that the new birth. I'm sorry if it's too simple that we needed a complicated reason of why God put the universe together. The universe is still expanding at the speed of light. You go, why is that? It's because of us. The stars are in the heavens for us. The heavenlies are to minister to us. We look up and say, you know, twinkle, twinkle, little star. We sure like that. And that's probably the end of what we think. But it blesses us to know that he's up there in the stars, that that he created them. And it gives us a confidence and a comfort to know that God's here. We, we need, and then that ministers to us, but then we minister to the world. And I will say, you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta stay in the family. You can't be dealing with things where you spend your life on things. The, the word says in Romans 1, 
where they messed with the creation rather than the creator. And so things that he created, we shouldn't, we shouldn't worship them. And people say, well, I sure don't worship anybody or anything. Well, then you just got to look up the word worship or get a new word because lots of people are trapped by that. I think pretty much that if you're that everybody's worshiping something and if you're not worshiping the Lord, you've just moved all your chips to another table and you're worshiping something else. I think it's in us to worship. I think the the golden calf that jumped out of the fire, Aaron said, it just jumped out of the fire. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I, I think that's pretty much how it, how it is. OK, uh, I got just a few minutes here. So I want to talk about the rules of living above, because if we're going to win the, the lost family, the lost family and they are lost, they were we were lost. We were lost and somebody intervened for you and me. Somebody prayed for you or opened a door for you or introduced you or was kind to you or something. We didn't get it on our own. Somebody made a, a pay for you. you. You won't know this side of heaven, all that was involved, but it, it happened. So we have to make the pay for someone else. We, we all know about paying it forward. Well, we need to pay it forward. We need to, we need to get the family together. And you go, well, what do I care about those scrubby folks? He does. And if they're scrubby, it's just because we used to be scrubby if we still aren't. And he doesn't look at that. He doesn't like us even saying those people, those people, those infidels, he doesn't like that. The Muslims are just as precious to him as the Jews and as to us. They're not responding. They're the prodigal. They're in the pig pen. They're, they're doing their own thing and not responding to the father that's waiting for them. But he's waiting for them. So we said last week that life is not an action. It's not like, well, something happened to me. And don't you hear it from your friends or your, your acquaintances? They want to tell you their life. Well, this is what's going on. And they'll tell you, well, I, I got this infection or my kids fell over and my husband lost his job. They're always telling you about their life. And that's all they've got to talk about is their life. And for them, life is the action of life. But it's not that to us. Are you all here this evening? It's not that to us. It's life to us is our reaction. So what's going around, what's happening, what's the economy doing? It doesn't matter because that's not my action. That's not my life. My life is my reaction to that. So we either live according to the world, according to the lost family, or we live above it. We, 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 we can't bind poverty and we can't bind sickness and, and make it go away because somebody wants it. Someone's saying yes to it. So it, it's it's part of the curse. It's part of the curse. And Jesus did away with the curse. Everybody can live above it. But it's in the earth. Y'all know it's in the earth. Sin is in the earth. We can live above sin. We can live above flesh. But it is in the earth. And if you don't live above it, you're living in the middle of it. 
So we're, we're in the world even though we're not of the world. So we have to help these people live above. So we can't live life according to what life brings. I said we cannot live life according to what life brings. We live it according to how we react. How do we react? We react in faith. We live above. We, we live above. We live by faith, not by sight, not by senses. We live above. And every time, listen, you know, every time you fail to live above, then you are living in the middle of it. And it feels just like it does for the sinner, just like the, the lost family. In other words, sickness is sickness. It's not like, well, it's that, it's that heathen sickness or no, it's that saint sickness. No, it's all the same. So if you don't live above it, you're living in it. So what we do, we endeavor to live above it. So uh, it gets political when people are trying to negotiate they're especially in the financial realm or whatever, they, it gets political. How, all politics is, is an endeavor to get an advantage of some kind. We vote for this and we, we, uh, we, we pull for that because we believe in, in infinitely it's a benefit to us. It'll come back to us and it'll benefit us or somebody that we love. Is that right? Am I right? That's why we get involved in politics. We use our influence. Politics is influence. You just use your influence to try to persuade someone because you alone making your stand can't get it done. But a group of us can. And so we use our influence and it's called political. It's called a, it's a life according to life and it gets political. And so it separates, it divides. You have these people that are saying we're pro this and we have these over here that says, well, we're anti that, but we're pro this. And so it divides and we can't win divided. We can't win. We, we, we are the chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. And so we, we have to get off the political because our battles aren't won in the political realm anyway. We win our battles in the prayer realm where we agree with heaven. And when we agree with heaven, then heaven comes into our life and we live above. So we, but we're always trying to suck, get sucked into it. The devil's always trying to get you to fight a fight that Jesus has already won. How about that? He's already won it, so, so back off and you don't have to have that. So we're reacting in life, not according to life. Well, there's an economic crisis coming on, they say, or maybe they, they did say or whatever. And uh, whatever they're saying, it's always somebody's always saying everything. But we don't react according to that. We we make no move whatsoever based on the political or the natural lost generation thinking. Our future's already set. Our future's already decided. We're not we're not cast about by every wind. We already know what's going to happen. We know in advance. Do we know what to do? We know in advance. So we do that in advance. So we're, we live our life according to exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. 
according to the power that worketh in us. That's how we live our life. Well, what if the stock market falls? Well, it did in 08. It went through the basement. And it's like a lot of people lost a lot of money. My father-in-law lost $180,000 just standing there one day drinking sweet tea. And boom, it was, it was whooshed out of his account. And he thought that was a sad day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we live according to by stripes we were healed. That's what we live. Well, what if the pandemic comes back? We live above. We live by his stripes we were healed. We live uh, according to it's the goodness of God that leadeth me to change. So I'm, I'm not accepting any negative pressure, no matter how well it did turn out and it made something good happen. We're never accepting that that was the will of God. We're saying it's the goodness of God that leads us to change and that he's turning things meant for evil to good. He's doing that. We're living according to having all sufficiency in all things and abounding, abounding, abounding to every good work. That's how we live. Well, how, how can we live that? We put it in so that our natural reaction to life is not life, but our natural reaction is living above. I'm going to live above. So bad news doesn't affect us. Maybe it does. Maybe it, it, it's affected all of us. But like we say, we're working stuff out. We're working the, 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 the death life out. We're working the life life in. And it's better than it's ever been. So I, I put down, we'll, we'll just have this one scripture. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am Christ. I am of Christ, excuse me. Be followers of me. Well, people don't like you to say, follow me. They say, well, follow Jesus. Well, Jesus is not here in the natural sense. He's not down at the synagogue this weekend. Well, who's here? Well, Paul said, I'm here. I speak for him. And you and I speak for him. So the... Uh, the uh, Passion Translation says, I want you to pattern your lives after me. Melissa, Becca, Joey, we could say that to our friends. They might not like it. They might not appreciate it, but it would be the truth. Uh, I want you to pattern your lives after me just as I pattern mine after Christ. Well, you wouldn't necessarily say that, but you've got to have that attitude that you're in the lost family. Father loves you as much as he loves me. He has sent me as surely as he sent the Lord Jesus to save me. He has sent me to bring Jesus to save you. Well, how will you know how to be saved? Well, he sent me. You're lost. You're living under the pressure of the, the, the curse and the sin and the flesh. And he sent me. The uh, Amplified says, follow my example. Look. As I imitate and follow Christ. So the word follow there is actually the word imitate. So you need to imitate some people. We should listen to CDs or DVDs or podcasts or whatever we listen to. Someone you trust. Someone that, that has got an insight that you might not have. I mean, that would be everybody. We could put you, each one of you on podcast and listen to you and you would say something that we would all say, that's good. 
Where, where was my amen right there? <laughs> Sarah laughed. Hallelujah. <laughs> so he said, uh, 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 he said, follow my example. So somebody's watching you all the time. I put it in my book. Someone's watching you all the time. You go, no, they're not. They, yeah, they are. Because you're watching somebody all the time. Yeah. You know things that nobody else knows about people. Because you were watching and listening. And the temptation is go and tell it. So we have the example in Genesis, and I am finishing here, but in Genesis, he told Abraham, what did he tell him? I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. Okay, well, so that's, that's the end of this message, but what that means is, is he's putting in you, not just for you. He's not just putting it in you for you. Ah, he's come that I might have life. Well, the second verse to that song is, so that you might go out and sing it to somebody else. Well, how would I do that? It's different for all of us. And it'll be different for all of us every day. It'll be different. Well, I had a little card here. I have a little card like that Lynn puts over there on the, on the deal there that says... I did. I invited a man to the, the, men, the men's meeting Saturday. And kind of like Paul, like Felix said, thou almost persuadest me to come to your man on fire. <laughs> that was real funny. How come nobody laughed? <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. Don't make me bring this next week. Too late. I got a feeling. Ah, you can't get off your horse in midstream. Thank you, Barry.